WebmasterRadio.fm. Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. Welcome to AdTech Connect. This is Susan Bratton, and we're doing an AdTech San Francisco wrap-up show. For those of you who came to the show, you know there was more in a single day than anyone could possibly take in. So we wanted to get together some of the highlights of the announcements of the show and listen direct from the companies to exactly what they launched at AdTech. You'll hear today from X Plus One, Voya Networks, Mochilla, ValueClick, Blue Lithium, ExpertClick, AvantGo, Fido, and My City Rocks. So stay tuned, and we'll take you on a quick tour of the best announcements of AdTech San Francisco. We'll be back after this commercial break. Stay tuned. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. For the last decade, millions of visitors seeking top ranking have visited their site. When it comes to the internet marketing expertise, one name clearly stands above the rest. Bruce Clay Incorporated. With a flexible, time-tested, and spam-free process to CEO and PPC, Bruce Clay has become the number one choice for companies of all kinds seeking to improve their search engine ranking, utilize their latest tools, training, consulting, and services. Let Bruce Clay create a tailored solution to meet your internet marketing needs today. Bruce Clay Incorporated. A rose by any other name would still be the same. Move over, Shakespeare. You need to differentiate yourself from your competition. Do it by aligning yourself with a company who has earned the trust of Jupiter Media, the NHL, and Lionsgate Films, among others. Moniker.com is the most secure ICANN-accredited register on the planet, offering you domain registration, hosting, domain sales, and acquisition services. Wrap that up with 24-7 support. That's your winning combination. M-O-N-I-K-E-R. Com. More than a name. It's all about links, baby. Content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. I am jealous of Katie Kempner. If you're listening to her show, she's got this fabulous kind of hip-hop intro. There are no good songs about Susan. Susan, 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 I love Shrek. I'm an ogre. Well, see, you're my kind of guy. You're technical, you're super smart, and you're tall and handsome. We need a little time, you know, to be together. Fantastic. Now, you're too hot not to be married. Some woman snatched you up already, is that right? Fiona and I are married now. And you sound like a Texan. Are you a native Texan? I'm an ogre. All right, will you play a little game with me? Oh, you mean like sorting the mail and watering the plants? You don't have to kiss my butt or anything, don't worry. Ad Tech Connect. Thursdays, following the 
Gary Searchcast. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Join the club. We've got jackets. Now, back to AdTech Connect. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. All right. We are up with Boya Networks. This is Michael Sheehan. Michael, hi. Are you there? Yes, I am. How are you today? I'm very good. How about you? Good, great. It's nice to have you on the show. I know this is your first time. We're uh, interested in hearing about your release that you did at AdTech San Francisco. It's a pay-per-video commercial platform. And so just give us a little bit of information about it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we were at the show announcing the pending release of uh, this platform, which is really a self-service platform for advertisers that have uh, commercials. Uh, and what the platform does is it actually auctions off uh, available ad inventory. So if you're familiar with the uh, normal TV model, you watch TV, you see commercials. Uh, in our model, um, if you're watching a clip, um, like a news clip or some type of video clip online, uh, there's usually a commercial that precedes or comes after the clip. And actually what we've created is a system to actually auction off that, uh, the pre-roll, mid-roll, or post-roll inventory. So is it an ad network as well where you have a certain set of sites that you represent? And so if I'm a media buyer and I have an interactive broadcast spot, I can put it up on your network and run it across it? Or how does that work? Yeah, actually, you should work here. You did a better job of explaining it. Um, (laughs) That's exactly it. On one side, we have uh, what we call our uh, PPVC or pay-per-video commercial traffic partners. And these are the people that, you know, have the videos on their site and an audience, and these are the people that have the available uh, ad slot inventory that they'd like to make available in our marketplace. Um, So we're launching at the end of June, and uh, at that time we'll be announcing a number of (coughs) high-profile traffic partners, and uh, we believe right out of the gates when we launch we'll have uh, several million uh, ad available ad slots to auction off on a daily basis. And so it's actually an auction-based ad platform as well. That's what, it's not just that I can run, a vid, it's not just interactive broadcast spots over an ad network. It's an auction-based solution as well. Is that right? Yeah, we feel that you know, every uh, impression um, that you know, becomes available is an actual an event that we can sell, you know, as opposed to kind of linear... Uh, broadcast TV where, you know, the typical model is that you would uh, purchase, you know, uh, you know a, a large amount of eyeballs, consumers, you know, because basically it's broadcast to a number of people. In this uh, instance, you know, almost all video uh, online is, is, is on demand. And so uh, each request for a video uh, has a lot of information about, um, you know, uh, that person viewing the content. So, you know, we sell each impression and, uh, you know, auction it off. And so our advertisers can actually target uh, not only by specific content or specific channels, um, but also can <clears throat> target by uh, region as well. So if they'd like to, say, um, you, know, um, you know, advertise something to, say, the Denver area, whether it be a politician or a local car dealer, uh, or it's for a show that's playing on FX that night, uh, our advertisers can uh, go ahead and target regions that way. Now, if it's a show that's playing on FX that night, like Rescue Me, my favorite show on FX, yeah. am, I, am I able to 
how, how do I run a interactive broadcast ad through your auction platform on Rescue Me? Yeah. Um, well, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. And, you know, our background as a company is from the search engine marketing space. We've been involved uh, in search engine marketing for a number of years. And that's as through an the Voya agency, is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, we've created the tools to allow the advertiser to simply load up the commercial asset. And uh, in this case, they can load up really uh, any uh, format they'd like. It can be an MPEG, AVI, flash file. It doesn't matter to us. And what we do is, is actually transcode it um, into multiple file formats like Windows Media, Flash, QuickTime, etc. cetera. Uh, and then the, the asset actually lives in our system, and they can target it um, in a number of ways in what we call our marketplace. And our marketplace is this living uh, environment. I almost you know, compare it to a stock exchange. And it's a, an updated environment that is constantly updating with uh, available inventory. So if you're Rescue Me FX, which is a great show, um, you know, the, the advertiser can actually just go in, uh, find either the channel that they'd like to target or actually, uh, you know, a region. Uh, and then they can put, uh, we do day parting, so they can actually establish the time that they'd like the commercial to run. So um, they could say, well, I'd like to run it from, you know, noon to till the, till the show run, you know, starts at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, they can do that, and then they'll see who else is bidding for those available ad slots. And then they'll know, um, you know, how they compare and how they could get most of the traffic by, you know, knowing how much they need to bid in order to secure that traffic. So this is not just an online auction platform. This is this is a broadcast. Is it local spots you're selling? What are what? I thought this was all online, but it sounds like it's much bigger than that. Well, it is all online as far as the available ad inventory. So um, then, where does my ad run around FX on the FX website for Rescue Me? No, the um, the ad would run on our traffic partner sites. And so let's just take an example of uh, a website that actually has videos, uh, let's say the Denver Post. Uh, and let's say they played a clip of um, last night's hockey game of the, you know, the avalanche playing someone. Uh, they, let's say the Denver Post made available um, the post roll slot to show a commercial after you watch the clip about uh, the avalanche. Um, you, you know, the uh, FX or whoever the advertiser is promoting FX, the show, could actually target that post-roll slot in our, in our marketplace. So FX is the advertiser, not yes, the media company. So I, I got that backward. Okay. Yes, no, that's all right. It's, it's and confusing, were, and it's a new model. So. <laughs> and there were three ad formats. There's pre-roll, post-roll, and something else. There's mid-roll. Mid-roll. Okay. Yeah, and are so, those I mean, and it, different lengths? Well, that, that's kind of the beauty of our system, too. You know, to, traditionally today, um, everybody uh, is basically repurposing their TV commercials, which, you know, you'll, you'll find is the standard 30-second spot. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, that probably won't work in the future, um, although it'll do for now, I think. Um, we would like our system to, uh, because we've streamlined the process and aggregated a large amount of uh, available ad inventory, uh, we're hoping that advertisers actually start to produce commercials that are, you know, shorter in length and also take advantage of the interactive medium so that, say, you know, it's a 15-second commercial trying to raise money for a political candidate. Um, 
the commercial would be about promoting to to click on, say, the banners that accompany uh, the video, and they would then go off to another site, maybe to you know add add them to the mailing list or or raise money. Okay. All right. So, and I'm sorry, but the traffic partners can actually, uh, in their request for a broadband video commercial from us, they can designate the maximum duration that they'd like. So if they'd like a 15-second commercial instead of a 30-second commercial, they can request that of us. Got it. Um, what, do you think the, what do you think is the average CPM today of a 30-second pre-roll interactive broadcast spot, and what do you think it will be in your auction universe? <laughs> well, um, you know, I think it's it's pretty standard out there that it's it's a pretty wide range, but it's you know um, between ten to fifty dollars CPM uh, in our model because we're actually auctioning off each available impression. That really boils down to one to five cents per impression. But um, because of the local targeting, um, local seems to get um, a higher uh, amount uh, on a uh, impression basis, and uh, we're hoping that uh, our local ads far exceed kind of the, the standards out there. And last question, we're going to um, finish up with this. What is the date of launch? You announced it at AdTech, and when does your uh, broadcasting platform launch? Uh, the last week of June, we're okay. launching, and AdTech, AdTech was phenomenal. Our booth um, was <laughs> five deep the entire time, and it was really, um, for us, a great place to kind of pre-announce uh, this launch just because there are so many people out there that have available ad impressions that really don't know how to fully monetize them. That's great. Well, thank you, Mike Sheehan from Boya Networks, uh, talking about your pay-per-video commercial auction platform. For more information, you can go to boyanetworks.com. And thanks for coming on the show today. Okay. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We're up next with Keith McAllister, the CEO of Mochilla Corporation. How are you, Keith? I'm very well, Susan. How are you? Great. Uh, we are doing this ad tech wrap-up from the San Francisco show, and I've been reading your press release and going to your site, and I think I need some help understanding your online media marketplace concept. So will you share with the listening audience exactly what you launched at AdTech San Francisco? I sure will. Thanks for having me on. It's simple. We are the online media marketplace. We are an online ASP model, which gives media outlets of all types, newspapers, magazines, websites, television organizations, an opportunity to buy and sell content a la carte and on demand. And what we were talking about specifically at AdTech was in addition to this a la carte content sales business is that we also give advertisers the opportunity to match brands with specific content. Okay, so let's talk about it from first the publisher's perspective for your media marketplace. Let's take Fast Company as an example. They're one of the partners that you mentioned in your launch. Um, what kind of content from Fast Company will they make available, and then who would buy it, and how does that work? Well, the neat thing is that really anybody can buy it, right? Uh, but let's, let's just give you one example. Uh, Fast Company may decide to put you know, X type of articles in there or photos. It depends what they own the rights to, and it depends what they, uh, what they think is marketable, and it depends what kind of content they think works best from them from a brand marketing point of view. In any case, so they make a decision about, let's talk about articles, what sort of articles they want to put in our system. And then you go across the country to small-town newspapers somewhere, let's say, just take one market, and 
this ed- this newspaper has got a uh, an editor whose job it is to do weekend um, business sections. Yep. And so the editor is facing the challenge of, do I task a reporter to do this? Do I hire a freelancer? Or do I come into Mochilla, because I'm a member of Mochilla, and search for content that is relevant for the section I'm trying to build and see what they've got? So the editor comes in, and just like you would on Amazon, searches. We have full-text search engine, and finds the content that works for them, and then buys it there, like you would a book on Amazon. Okay, so it's a, a content reselling channel. Yeah, we're a republication market. Republication. In terms of online advertising, uh-huh. which is which is our other model, what would happen is a website, which let's say is dedicated to uh, you know the, the small business owner or to whatever the, the sort of niche is that, that that website is going for that would be interested in the fast company content, and they would, just like the newspaper editor would, they would go on, they would search, they would find the content, and then at the point of purchase would have an opportunity either to buy the content outright or to accept advertising, which would go inside the content. And in that case, the content is free to them, and they're earning money from the ad. So you're essentially selling the distribution, the online distribution, to that website. Let's just say it's... um you know, the, the Palo Alto Weekly News.com. They right. buy an article from Fast Company. They put it on their site. They opt to rev share, and you're the middleman that could, takes your cut and delivers part of the revenue back to Fast Company for the advertising that you've yeah. served against that content on the Palo Alto Weekly website. That's right, Susan. You're invited to come okay. to our next trade show and explain all that. And. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I understand it. So not only is it republication, it's an ad-supported republication network with revenue sharing. Yes, ma'am. All right, got but it. What we, Fantastic. What, what we think is unique about what we do is that we give all the parties there all the control to decide what they want to do, and that control exists on every level. If you're a content owner and you want to sell content, you have control over pricing, pricing to markets, pricing to platforms. You have control over embargoes, over exclusions, and you can set these licensing rules over all of your content, over sets of your content, or over one piece at a time. And what's really important about that is that I think one of the things we do that's special is, is we have figured out how to take the complexities of licensing and boil them down in a way that it works on an online ASP model. Because the problem with licensing and the problem for content owners is that licensing doesn't scale because it's a manual activity that involves lawyers and faxes and emails and negotiation and all that. In our system, it scales because it's right there in the system, and you have checkboxes that give you those controls. Fantastic. Well, Keith McAllister, CEO of Mochilla.com, thank you for getting a good explanation out to our listeners about your global online media marketplace. We'll check you out some more, and thanks for coming on. Susan, thanks so much. This is Susan Bratton with AdTech Connect, and I have on the line Jeffrey Hirsch from ValueClick. He's the Senior Vice President of Business Development. And apparently, Jeff, you've been doing some development of business. Uh, That's what we're here for. Fantastic. Well, um, the press release that you uh, announced at AdTech San Francisco was about your user retargeting technology. That's pretty big news for you and something that I think people have been dreaming about online for the last 10 years. So I'm sure it felt pretty momentous for you to finally make that announcement. Am I correct? Sure. We were very excited to be able to offer this component of behavioral targeting. So why don't you explain Uh, to our listeners what it is? 
Well, Value Click uh, Media now, especially with the acquisition of FastClick, has uh, an extensive uh, ad network reaching. I think now our numbers are over 120 million uniques per month. And we've had very superior optimization technology that has allowed us to target based on the results of a campaign. However, in today's marketplace, we're finding the need to target in a much more exacting manner up front. And that's what uh, this version of behavioral targeting gives us by targeting a user who has been to a site and uh, expressed uh, through their visit uh, a form of interest in a product. We can then reach that same user again uh, later on the network and uh, re-message them in a way to, to stimulate an action that they may not have taken previously. So essentially what's happening is that uh, you have uh, how many publishers in your, in your ad network? How many different there sites? There are actually 14,000 active sites in the network. All right, so, so 14,000 14, sites. And I'm a user, and I'm, I've gone online, and I've looked at uh, a Cadillac. And uh, I'm on one of your sites, and then you cookie me, and I reappear on another site, and you can serve me a Cadillac ad on a totally different site. Is that, is that how it works? Correct, and that can be of value to say, uh, for instance, uh, not that they are doing this with us right now, but if that example, Cadillac was an advertiser, uh, and they would actually uh, place a, uh, a pixel or uh, on that user when they went to the Cadillac site, we would then be able to, on their behalf, retarget that user later on exactly, uh, visiting any of our sites. Uh, and message them uh, in an appropriate way. So are you working mostly with the clients, the marketers, the client-side advertisers to collect and aggregate their cookie data and retarget across your 14,000 sites? Is that what this release is really about? uh, Most of the the offering has been uh, taken up by a number of advertisers, and that's uh, primarily who who our clients are for this product, uh, and they do use it in that way where they will uh, allow us to, to cookie that user on their site and, and uh, reach them again later on. So then you're holding a data warehouse of their, their, their customers, if you will, or their prospects. Uh, Is that how it with works? With their site visitors, of their site visitors. Their site visitors, okay. And, and uh, without collecting any personally identifiable information, it's a very attractive way to make sure that you're reaching people who have already expressed some form of interest in the propensity to... Uh, lead to a conversion is much higher. And are you charging additional CPM for the user retargeted ads, or are they the same price as any ads that you serve for one of your advertisers? Well, we have a uh, premium pricing in that we want to make sure to be able to uh, reach that user again on any of our other sites. And in order to be able to do that, that campaign has to be priced high enough to clear that inventory. Uh, all of our advertising that serves on our publisher sites is uh, scheduled via effective CPM to the publisher. Mm-hmm. So to make sure that we have the maximum opportunity to reach that user again, no matter which site they visit in our network, uh, the rate does need to be high enough to support that. Got it. All right. Well, I think that is um, a, a very fascinating attribute for marketers. I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to do it as long as it wasn't price prohibitive. I know that you are really good at keeping the prices reasonable for your clients. Is there, um, are there a lot of people doing this kind of work? Is this a Me Too announcement, or is this the kind of thing that you're the first company who's done it? Is it a handful of people? What's going on I think in the there's, there are a handful of people doing it now, but what I do believe is that more and more people will be doing uh, targeting like this in the future. As you said a moment ago, it, it certainly makes sense. Don't know why other people wouldn't want to do this. As long as the pricing supports the kinds of uh, additional conversions you get by, by doing this, I think we're going to see 
more and more of it. And, and with that, our capabilities in this area are going to continue to increase as well. The, the, the piece of the puzzle that we bring to the table that uh, we believe is unique is that reach of 120 million plus uh, uniques per month uh, that we can retarget against uh, in the campaign. Yeah, your odds are pretty high that you're going to you're 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 hitting more than half the people online on the internet in a given month, right? With those yes. kinds of numbers, so that chances are pretty high that if if you found if you've come to my website once, you can find that customer for me again as a marketer. Uh, that's what we we found. Yes. Fingers crossed, right? Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Well, Jeffrey Hirsch, Senior Vice President of Business Development for ValueClick, thank you so much for coming on today and letting us know about your new capability of user retargeting. Thank you, Susan. This is Susan Bratton. You're listening to AdTech Connect, the AdTech San Francisco wrap-up. And I have on the line Blue Lithium, Dakota Sullivan, the Chief Marketing Officer and a former AdTech Advisory Board member. Hi, Dakota. Hi, Susan. How are you today? I'm doing great, thanks. Good. Well, you had a pretty major announcement at AdTech San Francisco, didn't you? We did. Uh, We announced the completion of our AdPath behavioral targeting suite. Um, And in a nutshell, AdPath is our suite of behavioral targeting products for both advertisers and publishers. The uh, specific product we announced at AdTech was our uh, publisher product. So did you already have the... um the audience targeting and remarketing piece of it for advertisers, and then you just added the ad path for publishers on at San Francisco? That's exactly right. Okay. Uh, and what this, uh, what this product does, Susan, is uh, it's a little bit different. There are other behavioral tar- targeting products out there for publishers. In fact, I, I believe the first uh, products in the industry uh, around behavioral targeting were for publishers. Um, but the technology we've introduced here is a little bit different. In, in essence, it helps publishers extend sold-out categories um, so they can increase revenue without having to create new content or add infrastructure. And, you know, as you know, with um, you know, an increasing uh, amount of ad dollars flowing onto the web, um, it's great for all of us in the Internet, but it has created a situation where some websites have sold-out sections or there are inventory constraints. So this uh, product, we, we hope, will really help publishers with that. How many publishers are in your network? Well, we have a, we take a slightly different approach to constructing our network than um, some other ad networks. Some ad networks have uh, massive numbers of websites in in their network, and typically these tend to be smaller, kind of tier two, tier three sites. Yep. We take an approach of focusing on tier one sites. In fact, uh, more than fifty percent of the Comscore top one hundred properties are in our network along with uh, all the top portals. So so we focus on just north of 1,000 hand-selected sites for our network. Okay. So you have 1,000 publishers, 50% of whom are in the Comscore Top 100. And uh, Yahoo has uh, constrained inventory in their automotive channel. Right. And one of their customers comes to their automotive channel, and uh, then, they're, then you see that they've both been on Yahoo's automotive channel, and then later on they're at CBS Market Watch's right. news channel, and both of them are publishers in your site. You can serve an ad about an automobile to that end user on CBS Market Watch's news channel Mm-hmm. even though you wouldn't contextually have thought to do that because you've confirmed that they're in market for a car. Is Absolutely. That, that's yeah, the story, I mean, that's right? The, that's the basic premise of behavioral targeting. Um, 
And that's exactly right. And the, and the value of it is that, uh, you know, study after study has confirmed that just because people happen to be on um, a financial site or because they happen to be on a news site doesn't mean that they have lost interest in the, the main thing that they're um, inquiring about at that point, whether it's, uh, you know, looking for a new car or setting up a trip to Paris or whatever it is, they're still interested in that subject even when they're on other sites. What our publishing aspect of our AdPath behavioral targeting suite does slightly differently is, uh, you know, let's say you're on an even smaller site. Like, let's take one of the auto sites um, that is specific, like Kelly Blue Book or Edmunds or one of these, and they have only a limited amount of inventory to sell because they only have a certain number of pages on their website, yet there are more advertisers who would like to advertise there. So what we do is essentially identify their users when they're on other sites across our network, um, and then we... Um, we estimate how many ad impressions we would be able to serve to those users on behalf of Edmonds or Kelly Blue Book. We pass that information back to the publisher, and then their own sales team sells it to advertisers as an extended audience because they're not just people who look like their users or who have the same interest. They literally are their users. Um, and so advertisers are comfortable with the idea that they're buying users of Edmonds or Kelly Blue Book, but not on those sites, on different sites. And typically there's a price discount for them. Uh, and then we serve the ads. So in that scenario, Blue Lithium is really kind of a behind-the-scenes player, just connecting uh, a site, like again, an, Ed an Edmonds or a Kelly Blue Book, with their actual users on different websites. It's impressive. And I would say, especially the part about getting a discount if it's not necessarily on that site, because right. that ad still has to be just as effective. And now you've lowered the cost for right. me to reach that user that I'm looking for. Right. We find that agencies are especially interested in this. Is that right? <laughs> because agencies are, you know, they're, they're trying to get inventory on, um, you know, top-tier blue-chip type sites, yep. many of which are sold out or have sold-out sections. So if we're able to help create more inventory, essentially, uh, associated with those sites, and we're able to do it at a more economical price, um, it's a, you know, win-win situation. Fantastic. Well, I, I love the story. I love the evolution. Congratulations on the launch of AdPath for Publishers and AdPath for Advertisers. This is Dakota Sullivan of Blue Lithium. Thanks for coming on today. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we'll be back. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Google.com slash AdSense. Wow, looks like you caught another one. Yeah, thanks. That uh, makes 23 so far. You're kidding me. I haven't caught a thing yet. Really? Well, what kind of bait are you using? Same as you. Well, then maybe it's where you're fishing. What do you mean? Well, if you want to catch fish, don't throw your line out in the middle of a big lake. Take a smart look around for where the fish congregate, like over by this log. So I just have to look smart, huh? That's right. It's all about fishing where the fish are. Learn how you can fish where the fish are. Go to signup.looksmart.com. Signup.looksmart.com. 
PR Web is the pioneer in online press release visibility. Think beyond search. Online visibility is what really matters. PR Web's exclusive online visibility engine delivers your message to your customers and major media outlets. Get the credibility and attention you deserve. Think online visibility from PR Web. PR Web, the only major newswire service that drives quality, measurable traffic to your site. I am jealous. I'm officially jealous. Brandy has a fabulous theme song. I love it. There are no good songs about Susan that I'm aware of. Susan, looks like I'm losing. I'm losing my mind. I'm wasting my time. I have one of those weather widgets. It's had little raindrops on it for I don't even know how many days, right? I've gone to Fiji. I've gone to Washington, D.C. to see the cherry blossoms. I've gone to Fort Lauderdale. And every time I come back, my little widget has raindrops on it. I'm yeah. break it down. Break it down. That reminds me of Shrek. I love Shrek. I know you watch Shrek because you got some girls, right? They love that. What are you going to do when your girls are starting to do the stupid shit that you did when you were a kid? Oh, I have so many things to ask you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this Susan song. I'm so excited. That's true love, isn't it? Ad Tech Connect. Thursday, following the Daily Search Cast. Only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. All right, we're back. This is Susan Bratton with AdTech Connect. And next up, we have Toby Gabriner, the Chief Executive Officer of formerly Poindexter and now X Plus One. Welcome, Toby. Thank you very much. Glad to be uh, here. It's our pleasure. Glad we got you on the line. So, uh, you were Poindexter. You changed your name. I assume that there's something behind that other than a name, name change and that you've got some more inf- information to tell us. Absolutely. We made the switch uh, for two major reasons. One is um, that we have started to really refocus the company. And the second is is that we felt like that Poindexter as a brand had been fairly confusing in the marketplace. Um, so, you know, going back to the first point, the big reason for us moving in the direction of what we're calling conversion optimization is that we have over the last several years been much more focused on working with clients on their site-side optimization, um, taking anonymous data, and being able to generate pretty robust profiles so that when somebody, uh, a prospect, comes into one of our clients' websites, we're able to uh, fairly accurately determine who that prospect is and be able to show them the right offer in real time. We have taken that also and extended this into both uh, cross-sell and upsell opportunities uh, for our clients where we're driving um, using now much more robust customer data on their site, as well as we've also, uh, as part of our name uh, change and announcement, we launched 
what we're calling Media Plus One, which is a media optimization uh, solution that we're offering in the marketplace. So really, at the end of the day, you know, X Plus One, what it stands for is really any channel or area that we get into, meaning being the X, we enhance that, and that's the Plus One. Okay. I get the name, and I like it, by the way. Let's go first to the... Site plus one. That's where you're ta- you have essentially a data mart for an advertiser, and you're watching all the traffic that comes to their site, and you're creating profiles and then augmenting those profiles as you see that traffic to deliver the right offer. Right. We have what, what what's called a progressive optimization engine that in real time is able to take in various types of data, overlay that with Claritas prism clusters, and again, create uh, anonymous profiles. I'm using you know publicly available information, but anonymous profiles that we can then match up with products or services that our clients are offering. So in essence, you can think about it as, as automated merchandising um, or personalized merchandising. For those listeners who don't understand what a Claritas prism cluster is, can you give a specific uh, instance of one cluster profile? Sure. What, what Claritas Prism clusters are are a combination of psychographic and demographic information that um, are, I think it's 21 different clusters or, uh, again, clusters of people um, that could be, you know, uh, the soccer mom that lives in the Midwest and whose profile is is that she's in her mid-30s, um, drives a Volvo and has two kids and has annual household income of $75,000. Um, that that would be an example of of, of a cluster. Mm-hmm. Another cluster would be like stars and stripes, people in the military. Another cluster might be uh, cyber gardeners or something like that. That's things like that, right? So these Precisely. are personas, essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the newest word for them, anyway. Okay, great. And then uh, for media plus one, I understood site plus one, and that made sense to me. But uh, media plus one makes it sound like you're doing the ad serving, or what are you doing for your customers? No, what we do there for clients is is um, we we take the same methodology and uh, leveraging our progressive optimization engine. Um, and while we certainly can do the ad serving, that's not the core focus of it. What we have done is to aggregate a number of different uh, ad networks, so Blue Lithium, uh, 24-7, you know, various ad networks. We have about a dozen that we have relationships with. And in exchange for us being able to use our engine to determine uh, whether we want an impression or not, based on our ability to, in real time, create profiles, we are able to, to give the uh, inventory back if we decide that we don't want to. And what we do is we pay a higher effective CPM, but we're only buying impressions that we uh, deem worth or that have a much higher propensity to convert on behalf of our clients. So, again, using the same engine, the progressive optimization engine, to take anonymous data to create a a profile in real time, um, we're able to look at impression and say, yes, that looks like uh, the kind of profile that we're going after on behalf of our clients, such as Match.com or America Online. Um, We can also use it to to, uh, do remarketing. So if we know they've been cookied and we know that uh, they're already a customer, we can show them an offer that might be relevant to somebody who's already uh, a customer. So essentially what you've created is a meta network. Correct. It's it's sort of a network of networks or a virtual Uh network. Virtual network. Very interesting. 
All right. Well, this has been fantastic. Um, I got a lot more out of this conversation than I did just reading the press release, so I guess this was worthwhile. <laughs> well, thank you, and thank you for the opportunity to talk more about uh, what we do. It's a, certainly a complicated space. I mean, we like to think at the end of the day what we're really doing is, is simplifying uh, the online marketing uh, space for our clients, and you know, we, we certainly have a complex value proposition, but it provides simplicity and you know, the ability for marketers to understand what's happening up and down uh, the digital marketing value chain. Um, so, you know, by doing the media, by doing the site, by doing cross-sell, upsell, we're also moving into the retention area and capturing all of that, as you said, in a, a central data mart, we're able to provide really in-depth information to marketers across all the various channels that we play in. Well, the bar has definitely raised for marketers, and it sounds like you have a very interesting and solid suite of solutions. Toby, thank you so much for coming on today. That's Toby Gabriner, Chief Executive Officer of X Plus One. This is Susan Bratton. I'm the AdTech Connect host for today, and I have Bill Urschel, the founder of ExpertClick, on. Hi, Bill. Hi, good afternoon. How are you today? Doing fine. Thanks. Good. Well, you had a pretty big release at AdTech San Francisco. You debuted a real-time auction-based Display Ad Network. That's correct. That's, that's right. a mouthful. Um, that's a mouthful. Yeah, so we're familiar also, with also other auction full. systems. Why don't you tell our listeners about what ExpertClick is doing? Well, ExpertClick is the first seat on the ADCN exchange, and the ADCN exchange is a little bit like a stock market where uh, buyers and sellers, advertisers and publishers come to essentially trade, uh, trade goods. And uh, the way it works is that... Um, Every time a visitor lands on a web page, it's in our network, uh, we hold an auction amongst all the advertisers who are interested in bidding on that opportunity. We hold these auctions in less than 100 milliseconds. We hold um, hundreds simultaneously. And uh, right now, as we're running, I think we're running about 750 auctions every second. What's happening here is that the um, publishers are getting the highest price that anybody wants to pay at that moment to show that ad to that person or on that page. But at the same time, the advertisers know what they're getting because it's specified in advance uh, what sort of person or what sort of opportunity they want to show their ad into and it's specified what it's worth to them. They don't necessarily know when they're going to get that impression, but they do know that when they get it, it's going to be what they want and they're only going to pay what it's worth. Uh, that's the essence of a free and open market. So how many publishers are in the Expert Click ad network? Directly signed up, we have about 175, and through some of our network partners, we have uh, another about 1,200. Okay. And, and we're able to optimize over all of those because we, um, we essentially know who, uh, who all the publishers are, even if they're coming to us through another partner. So we're and able to optimize ads and make sure that they pay off for the advertising. And then from an advertiser's perspective or an agency who would be buying the auction-based display media from you, what kind of a price range do they, is it a CPM-based range that they give you, like I'll pay up to $5 CPM for X, give me that story, uh, you know, what's the kind of range of CPM that it goes for and what are the targeting capabilities that you could get as a buyer? Um, that's a complex question, I'll, I'll try and keep it fast. The Auctions are expressed on a CPM basis. Somebody will say, I want this, um, I want to show my ad on a page that talks about small aircraft maintenance, or I want to show my ad to a 40 to 50 year old white male living in Los Angeles on a sunny day, whatever it might be. And then, depending on the level of targeting, uh, generally the more targeted, the higher the price because the more it's worth to that advertiser. It's very hard. 
pressed to say what a banner is going for because uh, at different sites, different advertisers, it's a very, very wide range. Uh, even the same advertiser may pay very little for the same banner to be shown on one page that doesn't have much targeting versus paying a lot more on another page that has a lot of targeting. The um, Back to the pricing model, though, where the auctions are expressed on a CPM basis, advertisers can actually place their uh, bids or express them on a CPC, CPL, or even CPA basis. And what ExpertClick does in that case is a fundamentally arbitrage the, uh, the risk for the advertiser. Uh, the exchange goes ahead and runs the... Um, uh, runs the ad on a CPM basis and just make sure that it's running it profitably enough to to make money being paid on a CPA basis. So, in short, what we're what we're allowing the advertiser to do is offload his risk to the network by paying on a CPA, CPC, or CPL basis. Uh-huh. Whereas the publishers, the publishers always get paid on a CPM basis. They know that for selling a certain amount of inventory, they're going to get paid a certain amount. There's no risk for them. And what's the range of that for a publisher? Um, in terms of what, how much they might make? CPM. Oh, well, um, we have banners going for as low as uh, probably 13 cents on some sites to as much as uh, five on other sites. So, I mean, that's just today. I looked at the numbers this morning. Huge range. Okay. Again, what's, what's happening here, bear in mind, is that the it's not the banner space we're selling so much as the very targeted opportunity, but every impression is different. That's why every impression has to be auctioned individually and not just in blocks or chunks. I understand that the auction is supposed to be a better price for me as a buyer. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really the value of the auction, is that I can get the lowest possible rate for the inventory, correct? Uh, possibly. You're going to get the rate that you consider fair. That's certainly true. If you're an advertiser, you're only going to pay what it's worth to you, and you're not going to be wasting your, your bids on inventory that doesn't fit. Got it. That's really, that's really the essence of what we're doing for advertisers. We're eliminating waste. There's an old cliche, everybody knows it in our industry, half my advertising dollars are wasted, I just don't know which half. Uh, That's what we're getting rid of, and that's why it makes a lot of sense for advertisers. Got it. Well, it's been great to have you on. Thank you for explaining your auction-based online display ad network, and uh, glad you launched it at AdTech. Have a great Great. day, Bill. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Susan Bratton, and I have Neil Verson, Senior Director of Avant Go. Neil, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? Great. So you released at AdTech San Francisco a heck of a lineup of marketers who are distributing content through the AvantGo platform. Is that right? That's right. All right. So that's something new for you. Is that correct, to have the marketers uh, delivering their own content rather than just sponsoring content? Yes. Actually, um, it's a different uh, direction that we're taking, um, and it really comes from all the uh, different things that we've done in marketing over the last five years. Uh, it's something that evolved, uh, something that we learned through advertising that we were doing in the mobile space. So why don't you give our listeners just a brief understanding of Avant Go and then talk about one or two of the applications from some of the brands that you're offering in your channel. Well, basically, Avanco is the world's largest mobile portal for PDAs and smartphones. Uh, we started about six years ago uh, delivering content for the major media companies, and um, we took an approach that was very different at the time where we basically gave the service to uh, the consumers for free if they opted in with a registration. They gave us detailed information about their demographics, uh, also uh, information about their um, their job function, uh, level of job uh, management, as well as size of company and industry they worked in. 
And that gave us an ability to move forward with an advertising model that was able to target not only demographically, but also basically uh, from a B2B perspective. And so now we've been able to position ourselves as the leader in mobile advertising for not only consumer, but also for B2B. So as a customer, if I have um, my Avantgo channels delivered to my trio, as an example, now I can also, instead of just getting a Variety magazine or WebMD channel from you, I can also get a channel from BMW or Hewlett Packard or Mercedes-Benz, is that right? Exactly. And uh, the theory is is that when people are on the web and they're basically uh, researching information, um, I guess everyone would have to agree that today marketers' websites have become the number one touch point. And what we're doing is, is giving those marketers the ability to mobilize their website so that interested um, consumers can basically take the information with them and read it offline. So, for instance, um, you know, a, a major uh, auto manufacturer such as BMW just launched, say, their Z, Z4 uh, channel, which basically gives, uh, you know, in-market users the ability to basically, uh, in-market buyers the ability to basically download the channel and be able to learn more about the product um, when they're basically offline. They'd be able to view it when they're traveling or uh, as they would use the service for Avanco. And what that gives the marketer is the ability not only to provide a great user experience from a standpoint of uh, being able to provide content that's mobile to go shop with and research with, but also it gives them the ability to drive control over their sales channel, be able to give incentives to go in and take a test drive, um, examples like that. The same thing would hold true for, say, consumer electronics. Um, you know, we're basically in the process of talking to two major consumer electronic retailers where we're going to be providing a mobile strategy there as well so that in-market users or buyers of, um, say, um, high-definition television sets or digital photography, digital cameras, would be able to take uh, a full website strategy with them, be able to read about uh, consumer reviews, be able to uh, decide you know, which products or narrow down their choice of products, and be able to get pricing on all of those products that are available at these different retail outlets. So at this point, you're essentially uh, time-shifting web content to my smartphone. Exactly. Okay, that's great. Well, um, I think for the marketers who listen to our show, they'd be probably really interested in trying out Avanco to see what some of these leading marketers are doing. And Neil, thank you so much for coming on the show today and letting us know about your release. It's an impressive lineup of brands. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. All right, we are up with Bill Flitter the founder and VP of marketing of Fido. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So you had a pretty big announcement. Fido opens RSS advertising for everyone. This is, this is a little bit of a new angle for Fido that you announced at AdTech San Francisco, right? Yeah, exactly. It's one of our, uh, our newest products to really make uh, RSS advertising um, easy um, as it is uh, for doing, you know, just like doing uh, advertising on websites where it's just pretty much cut-and-paste code. So right now, if a, if a marketer or a publisher has an RSS feed, they can start to monetize it with online advertising. Correct. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, right out of the gate, they can start creating uh, uh, revenue, generating revenue from their RSS feeds when they're working with Fido. And are you selling all of the ads for the network? So essentially it's an ad network and you're going out and ag- you're aggregating all your RSS clients and then selling ads into their feeds or can they sell their own ads into their feeds too? Yeah, the, the way it works is uh, we sell, they can sell, or some sort of uh, hybrid where, um, you know, we, we, uh, they sell and we sell and, and, you know, we take a percentage of, uh, of the inventory. Uh, so, yeah, the, the options are, are available to them to um, sell 
directly if they if they have the sales team. But um, majority of our publishers are having us do the selling just because it's a it's a brand new uh, medium and they don't quite understand the nuances of it yet. Um, plus, you know, as you know, it, uh, depending on which study you read, it's only you know four to ten percent of the online population is consuming feed, so uh, it's not a large revenue stream for them today. And so when you're selling the ads into these feeds, you have a lot of different kinds of publishers. Who are the advertisers who are currently advertising in feed networks? Sure. So, uh, you know, it it slants a little bit towards uh, uh, technology. Uh, You know, we're working with Microsoft, HP, IBM, uh, to name just a few types of companies. Uh, Entertainment is another large category for us, DreamWorks. Um, uh, the, some of the automotive manufacturers like Subaru are, are targeting that entertainment type crowd. It's the demographic that they're they're looking to reach. So, uh, between technology and entertainment, um, those are the two largest uh, largest categories right now. And is there any particular category that you think you could service very well that hasn't currently um, become aware of the value of running advertising in RSS feeds? Oh, that's, a, that's a very good, very good question. I mean, interesting. Uh, we just did some da- uh, data analysis, and uh, uh, the top performing uh, categories are actually comics and humor, and kids, kids and family. So that both of those are, are strong, growing channel channels that respond very well to RSS advertising. So breakfast cereal companies take note. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or any highly sugared product. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, I have one last question for you because sure. these are quick, quick blips. Um, you've Wonderful. done some research about different ad formats in mm-hmm. RSS advertising. Is there any place that you can point people to where they could go learn about the results of that fascinating research? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it can be found on our uh, weblog at feedo, P-H-E-E-D-O, dot info, I-N-F-O. And all of the uh, latest uh, research is on that blog um, as in the last report came out uh, mid-May. So um, fresh data on there right now. Fresh data at Fido.info. And, um, Bill, thank you so much for coming on today, and uh, congratulations on your continued innovation. You are on the cutting edge, man. I appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, we're up next with Dr. Cliff Kurtzman, Ph.D., and Executive Director of My City Rocks. Cliff, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. Hey, thanks so much for coming on to tell us about My City Rocks and your Rock Safe program. This is something that you announced at AdTech San Francisco, and I think before you can talk about Rock Safe, you've got to talk about what My City Rocks is. Will you fill us in? I would be glad to. Um, My City Rocks is a social networking, social engagement venture that gets people involved in uh, in their communities in a lot of different ways. It helps them have fun, enjoy their passions for things like music and art and food and romance and travel. It helps them give back to their local communities and make their part of the world a better place to live. And it helps them uh, represent and share the passion for where they live and the things that they're passionate about with their friends. And uh, we kicked off the test bed here in Houston, where we're headquartered last year. And at AdTech, we announced expansion into starting to take on members in 100 cities around the world. So essentially what you're doing is linking people up, uh, allowing them to connect in their market. It's like a local MySpace, right? 
It is kind of, but, but whereas MySpace is strictly an online venture, we get heavily involved offline as well. We get people out into the real world um, uh, making their communities better places to live and connecting and sharing the things they're passionate about with their friends and the time they spend away from the computer. So it takes things to a really a different, uh, different kind of level than what MySpace does. And one of the things that you have in this get involved in the real world, not the virtual world, is the um, you can become a City Rocks member, but there's also street teamers and conductors and other um, job opportunities, volunteer job opportunities for involvement. Can you describe what those two are, the conductor and the street teamer? Sure. Um, at the street team level, we, we, we started that as an experiment, uh, different ways to get people involved and announced uh, in Houston, the opportunity for people to to join a street team, and all of a sudden we had um, close to a hundred volunteers, and um, uh, these are people that come out and get involved in helping us orchestrate the different events we're involved in, and uh, support the various charities that our events support, and uh, really gives them a way to get active and meet new people and uh, make new connections. And then at the conductor level, that's someone that really wants to get involved in um, building uh, their their network and their community, either through event planning, through doing helping us out with new member acquisition. Um, there are all kinds of ways that people can get involved and add value to uh, what we're doing and to their lives as well. So My City Rocks is really an online way to create offline connections in your own community. But because of that, you also are taking a proactive approach with something called Rock Safe. Will you tell the listeners about that? Well, there's been so much in the news um, all over the place about uh, particularly young women, but it can be young men as well, that are, have been a- approached and, and had uh, interactions with individuals that can best be described as sexual predators. And we decided that we wanted to build into the core elements of this venture um, a program to create awareness and education for how, how people can avoid this. And so we teamed up with a group called uh, the Bridge Over Troubled Waters, which is a women's uh, shelter and counseling program, and created RockSafe, which um, uh, provides education on an ongoing basis to, to teach people how to party safe, how to create profiles online without giving out personal information. And we're starting to put together a series of events that will go with RockSafe, uh, concerts and so on, that will be uh, places that people can come out and have a great deal of fun and at the same time um, uh, also learn about how to be a little safer and smarter in their partying uh, and social networking on the Internet and, and out in the clubs. And, and so, so our first, event will, our first event will be in July in, in uh, Houston. Last question for you, too, about um, teaching people how to protect themselves both online and offline. You have something called Add Me Cards. Would you tell us about that? Sure. The Add Me Cards are a piece of the RockSafe program. You know, when when uh, I go out in a business environment and people ask for my business card, I don't have any problem handing it to them. It has my uh, business address and my phone number and my email address on it. And we felt that when people are out interacting in a more social fashion, they probably don't want to be giving out their full name or their address or their phone numbers necessarily to people that they might connect with when they're out having fun. But they still want to give them a way to connect with them. So we created something called Add Me Cards, which are like business cards, but 
Um, they don't have all that personal information on it, but they do have their photograph and they do have a quote from them and links to their social networking profile so people can then go online and continue a conversation or a dialogue with someone they've met, say, the night before. Um, but they still don't necessarily know their last name or they, they can't become stalkers if, if the people have followed our advice in keeping personal information off their profile. And so we feel it's a good way to help people to, to rock safely and to social network safely. It's a great idea, and anyone who has teenage kids with a MySpace profiler or, or any kind of an online persona should consider getting the AdMe cards, and you can get them at MyCityRocks.com. And uh, Cliff, thank you so much for coming on and telling us about this great work that you're doing. Thank you, Susan. And thanks to everyone for listening today. I hope that this overview of some of the press announcements at AdTech San Francisco were helpful to you. And here's to more learning and another AdTech. Take care.